if you could go back in time, one time period, which would you pick? It's so hard because the like internet answer is any time period's worse than this time period because you got either plagues or racism, more racism. Yeah. Oh, you're describing 2020. <laughs> oh, 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 so funny. Yeah, I'd go back in time to 2016. <laughs> Welcome to Waveframe. Welcome back to Waveframe. My name is Isaac. Mine is Luke. And uh, this is a podcast where we talk about movies and music. What are we talking about today? We're talking about Tenet. Tenet. The the much-awaited film of 2020. So this continues our series of kind of looking back. Isaac and I are each picking one piece of music and one uh, piece of film that we want to look back on what uh, was meaningful for 2020. And I enjoyed Tenet. And so this is your pick. This is my pick. Yes. I enjoyed Tenet, but also I understand why it is controversial. Yeah. If you didn't know that, this is very controversial <laughs> for this year. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it, Isaac. You just came out of a watch yeah, uh, of it. Today. So yeah. I, I think I think controversial has a lot of connotations to that 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 word. And I would say this is controversial in the fact that some people like it, some people don't like mm-hmm. it. It's there's not a controversy about uh, some scandalous scene or, 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 or anything in the movie that is terribly offensive unless you really dive into it. I'm sure somebody could find something. Mm. But, but um, overall... There's always something. <laughs> overall, there are some people who really love this movie mm. and there are some people who really dislike this movie. Mm. Yeah, we've had friends who I've seen have described it as a masterpiece and also those who said it's one of the worst movies they've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, we will be jumping into spoilers with this pretty straight off the bat, I would I would guess. Yeah. And I mean, this, I, this I feel is like a, Christopher Nolan would want that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, this is a Christopher Nolan movie, so if you've seen his other movies, you know Inception, maybe. Or, you know, spoilers can really shape the way this goes. So yeah. if you want to stay spoiler-free, we respect that. Just tune out right now. Come yeah. back after you've watched it. If you don't care, awesome. Thanks for tuning in. He's good about keeping his trailer spoiler-free, mm-hmm. so I, I like that. Yeah, well, that off the bat, it was building the hype to this movie in 2020, (laughs) and I feel like the trailer set me up for, like, something's going on with time, maybe, Uh, and that's all we got. The trailer very much was disjointed. I think the hype for me was mostly in its delayed release, Mm -hmm. Um, but the trailer really did not hook me. The title weirdly kind of hooked me but i created some false expectations in my mind i thought he was going to do i think there was a rumor that he was going to do something with time and maybe world war one and for some reason i was i know he just did a world war ii movie right yeah dunkirk Uh, dunkirk um but for some reason that was exciting to me because anything's more exciting in your imagination because (laughs) you can make it however good or bad well you're not gonna make it bad but however good you want it to be and then the trailer I don't know, just kind of lukewarm on the trailer. Yeah, well, Robert, Robert Pattinson hooked us. Yes, of course. exactly. <laughs> I w- yes, yeah, sorry, keep going with your that context. That was all I was going to say. But, but Tenet, for me, uh, you know, I didn't want to see it in theaters at first because, the, obviously, the pandemic. 
Um, but then I did want to see it in theaters because I was just like, screw it, I want to see it because there will probably be like two people in the theater anyway. And then Michigan for a while didn't have theaters and then it did. And so it just kind of got, was in the back burner for me. And then the real thing that tanked my interest was word of mouth, mm. people talking about it. Nobody, I would say, even though you said it was controversial, some people love it, some people hate it, but I say a lot of people are like mixed on this, mm-hmm. like, like underwhelmed on this movie. So the fact that I went into it with very low expectations really helped me I think and maybe helped me not see it through like the hype train lens mm-hmm. what about you how hype I you? honestly that I feel like I was in a very similar place to you with this I mean off the bat Christopher Nolan I think I enter all of his films with a bit of I try to have low expectations because while there are things he does very well and he is such an accomplished director and filmmaker, there are a lot of tropes and a lot of things that are very trademark about Christopher Nolan yeah. that I don't always like. Oh, yeah. um, and I would I would liken this movie to something like um, Inception or the Dark Knight trilogy where, you know, the dialogue, you just kind of get launched into it. It moves. You don't have a lot of time to like sit with it it feels like for a lot of time and especially i would say that's one of the flaws with tenet is that this is the most fast-paced film i've seen christopher nolan direct and i think it was too fast-paced it didn't allow time to breathe and because of that i think it loses some of the if you were to compare it to something like inception there's a lot more character development arc yeah and connection. i was about to raise that point mm-hmm. inception you connect to the characters mm-hmm. a lot more than this movie and even in inception you could say you maybe don't connect with them as much as you should, except for Cobb, mm-hmm. Corn on the Cobb. Leo, Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say that this movie, the whole time I was like, this is so Christopher Nolan. <laughs> like, it's very... Yeah, let's list off the isms well, that well, you saw. Here's the thing, yeah. you The kids in the movie matter a lot, but they're not characters. Uh-huh. You barely see them. That's a Christopher <laughs> Nolanism. Also, uh, like one moment in a relationship is heightened and dramatic and pivotal to the plot. And that was like an inception when her shoes dropped Mm. and then she was going to kill herself or whatever. Or did she? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, she did. Marianne Cotillard. Um, But that that was the scene with like uh, the the, like one time she loved him or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And also just like weird concept under poorly developed characters <laughs> cool concept i would say cool concept, cool concept. Cool. the concept is the coolest yeah. thing about this movie and then there's some positive nolanisms mm-hmm. you can interject at some well, point well i would i would say mine or less than that i i'm, in, I'm okay. enjoying your list keep okay. on going and then there's practical effects up the wazoo which is amazing a little over the top i think <laughs> not that i'm faulting him for it but one person was like nolan you could have just pushed rewind in the edit but you had to like do these fights where they're like choreographed so much yeah, and pretty wild. people go <laughs> and like they're like fighting backwards and you're like you could just rewind it but but i will say that like his attention to detail does elevate the movie mm. because if he did just push rewind, obviously he could have done that in a cool directorial way because you can have higher frames per second, which allows you to, um, like like the slow-mo guys on YouTube have to have a nice camera mm-hmm. and you know cameras are getting better day by day, but it, it did feel like, oh, this isn't just somebody pushing rewind on a camera. 
Um, and like the the airplane uh, explosion into the hangar mm-hmm. or whatever that was awesome, and uh, nothing looks fake. I, I don't think That's anything very, looks yeah, fake. Yeah, which is awesome. What are some other positive Nolanisms? Uh, he he gets a good cast, and they're usually white British people. And uh, nice job, a little diversity here. <laughs> we'll give you one one card, <laughs> one, one star. I just feel like uh, this was also his movie, trying to be like address his own things, own critiques that people have given him. So like they're always white male heterosexual people, and this time he's a black male heterosexual person, and then. I don't know if this was a critique of Nolan stuff, but this one was a little bit more feminist in pretty obvious ways. Mm. Like, you think the crime boss is going to be this guy, but then it's his wife, mm. and the guy just slinks back yeah. to his room, <laughs> <laughs> like looks at him through the window, like, "Hope you're doing well, honey." And, like, and then, uh, you know, the the wife or the ex-wife, whatever, mm. has her big moment at the end which i really enjoyed that i <laughs> like how she made the floor slippery <laughs> in preparation she knew what she was doing she, uh, that, that was premeditated she did it like for three sure. times she, yeah. but i don't know if that was a time yeah. thing or not but she like, made sure the floor was slippery so his dead body could it would slide right off, off right off which it almost didn't make it it also made so it good it thing. also made some funny sounds on good, the way out i remember good it's like thing, blah, blah, blah. good thing that she slipped it up because otherwise he would have just gone to the lower deck <laughs> like, hey where did this guy come from his helper is just like oh, i gotta clean that up now <laughs> but yeah anyway what did what did you like about the movie oh uh, well i was gonna say for christopher nolanisms mine are mu- much less um i'd say mine are just more off the cuff than yours I and mean, okay. i put these in my letterbox review but uh silence pistols oh yeah um, <laughs> modern architecture and michael kane i think are the <laughs> michael kane michael, michael kane this uh, one i was like michael kane is so old yeah he's getting michael old kane is so old and then somebody made the comment i didn't think of this but somebody was like yeah michael kane was just like ah. I'm going to sit yeah. <laughs> for my whole scene and I'll be like eating while I do my lines. Like this has to be the easiest shoot for me ever. Otherwise I'm Which, not doing it. He does have what I think the best lines of the movie though. When the protagonist says to him, uh, you British don't have a monopoly on snobbery. Oh, and then yes. he says, yes, more of a controlling interest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's a great line. Yeah. I, I do like that line, but my problem with this movie and some of other Nolan movies like, I really, the ones you listed, like the Dark Knight trilogy and I think uh, Inception are in a much higher cut, a higher class than this movie. Mm. Because this movie, like, I don't want to feel like I have to watch a movie two or three times. I, I, some movies, it's like rewarding to go back to and they're very rewatchable or you want to like get what they're doing and it's layered. But I, I, like a lot of times, like scenes would be happening and I'd just be like, what? Like, like, too many times there's dialogue explaining what's happening instead of showing mm-hmm. what's happening. Lots of dialogue. Yeah. Lots of fast-moving dialogue. You watch this with subtitles. Yes, I did. I, and I did not. I, I've seen it twice. And I would say, I would agree with you, it was rewarding to watch, but also it was like, man... Uh, but you know, I, I'm going to disagree with you here a little bit. For this movie, I and no, I, I'm saying I yeah. don't want to have to rewatch. Yeah, it, and I'm saying know? I'm okay with having to rewatch it uh. to get it. Um, but I agree. At, at some point, I do think this movie loses its rewatchability. Um, and, and what had happened, I was like, hey, like, if you guys want to use this, uh, or if you want to see this movie, let me know. Like, I'd watch it with you. And then a few people wanted to take me up on that. And I'm like, wait, 
<laughs> I can't watch this movie this many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but back to the dialogue, that is another, I think, one of the big flaws of this movie and something that other people are picking apart is that either people are talking behind uh, like gas masks oh, yeah. or they're talking over like running water and a motorboat. Uh-huh. And it's similar to like, I remember in the Dark Knight trilogy, Bane, the first time I heard him in theaters, <laughs> yes. I was like, I can't understand well, you, you at all. You know this, right? That's a remaster, yeah, right? Yeah, because in the trailer, people are like, what yeah. the heck is he saying? <laughs> and it, it's it, like a weird obsession yeah. <laughs> that, that that Nolan has. With a weird audio that you can't understand. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's like if Bane was every character yeah. for about a quarter of the movie. <laughs> so I think that that's a really tough spot. I'd be curious to go back and see it with subtitles. And again, I feel like I've pieced together most of it by this point. But um, maybe that would help me even catch more. So if you're someone who is worried about catching that dialogue and have yet to see it, maybe go ahead and try watching it with subtitles. Just watch it with subtitles because... I knew going into it that audio had been a big problem for a lot of people, so I just watched it with subtitles and I had no problems at all. Like I, but obviously because you can just read what they're saying, but I didn't even notice like oh it's hard for me to hear him because the crutch of Mm -hmm. subtitles was so helpful. But even when you do hear their dialogue, I think the dialogue for me is either bad or I don't like it. So I agree. I don't I know agree. which one because they don't talk like humans talk and nobody does in movies really, but like there's a certain level of relatability. Like if you're watching Juno, it's a fun banter, it's a fun story and people are quippy and a lot more hilarious than they are in real life. But but you get like the emotion behind it. Whereas this just feels like Christopher Nolan's thoughts and like he wants to like explain something, and so he's just using a movie to do it, yeah. like his it, vehicle it, for yeah. it. it. Exactly. It felt oh. like every scene was like cut in a way that it was like, how can I uh, put more dialogue and less runtime in here so I can move <laughs> this along? Like they move so fast, and yeah. and that it, in a way is creative when it during when they're prepping for the heist at the. Um, I kind of like that. For yeah, it was it was cool. Again, attention to detail things like yeah. he he will uh, hyperventilate before he has to hold his breath, and that's yeah. like a military trick or like what free divers do because okay, if you yeah. hyperventilate you get to take in more oxygen attention to detail yeah. for those things um but then during the explanation of the heist it is in like three stages it's it's him and robert pattinson talking yeah. it's um robert pattinson visiting the uh like the the bank or the the vault for the first time yeah, the, where all the art pieces yeah are. and also i think i feel like there's one more layer like the guy who drives the plane that like it's yeah. bouncing in between yeah right. which felt very inception to yes me. very much inception yeah. Um, I Talking about Tom Hardy's character, that sort of thing. Yes, yeah. yes. Some of Robert Pattinson's shining moments, though, in there. Oh, I mean, anytime he talks, anytime it's a good he thing. was on screen, I was like, I like this <laughs> yeah. movie a lot. This movie's great. I, I, love, I think one of his best lines, I think, is, is well, he's like uh, uh, Denzel Washington's son. I always forget his name. His, his name's John David Washington. John David Washington. Yeah. So the protagonist is like, you want to crash a plane like into the hangar? And Robert Pattinson's like, well. Not from the air. <laughs> and I found that really funny. Isn't um, one of his lines from the trailer or something like, now that's a little dramatic or yeah, something like yeah. that. Uh-huh. Uh, JDW. He, speaking of him, you said mm-hmm. the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And you know what's weird about this movie is that he himself pre- refers to himself as the protagonist, the protagonist. multiple times. Yeah, and well, then there's also antagonists and other characters say those things too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Are you saying this? It's almost like by not giving your character a name, we have a barrier to resonating with them. 
<laughs> Wait. Oh yeah, he didn't have a name. In the credits, he's literally listed as the protagonist. Oh, he does not word. have a name. He does not have a name. Oh my word. Okay, I tweeted this, and I feel like it's applicable. This movie feels like an English teacher wrote it on Adderall. Because yeah. like, <laughs> we're trying to give like a lesson like postmodernism. Yes. Like postmodernism, but also, yeah, yeah, trying to like flip the. I don't even know. I don't even know because this movie's so muddled for me in places, but. Uh, the classic, like, rising action and then climax and then mm-hmm. denouement, um, or denouement, both are, I think, right, uh, pronunciations. A little bit of backstory <laughs> okay, here. Okay, okay. I am an English teacher, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't profess to know everything about English, but it was very apparent to me that he was trying to be clever. And sometimes, sure, he was kind of clever, but sometimes, not at all. Yeah. Because... You're not connected to these characters. And all Robert Pattinson's character is is like mildly funny lines and then explaining to the audience slash JDW uh, like what's happening. Mm-hmm. He, he, He's exposition man. Yeah. Bit. And they're like in a truck and I'm like, why are they in a truck? <laughs> and, and, and then he's like trying to take a nap or whatever. <laughs> and then Robert Pattinson has to answer all these questions that John David Washington has about, like, what if I go back in time? You can't go back in time. What happened happened. And all these things. And I'm I'm just, like, my f- f- brow was furrowed a lot. <laughs> and right now I'm even getting lost in it. Yeah. I, I think that you, what works so well, and in stories like this, you have the protagonist who is your link into the new world. That's why Harry Potter works. Yeah, you know? or Star Harry, Wars. Yeah, or... Harry Potter is yeah. your link. When you go to uh-huh. Diagon Alley, you are there for the first time with Harry. Great tool to bring Diagon Alley. into the world. This, though, yeah, it, it was almost like there was too much that was trying yeah. to be crammed in. It, it lost its connection, and because we didn't resonate with John David Washington's character, you lose that. Yeah, I, okay, that's why I was excited to talk to you. It's because I feel like you've seen it twice mm-hmm. and you like to dive into these things a little bit more and you do the heavy lifting for me sometimes. Can you explain to me why he was trying to like shoot himself? Yeah, you know so what I mean? I, yeah, I've been, I've I'm been, like, why is yeah. he shooting himself? <laughs> well, yeah, so there's the scene when he is fighting his inverted self. Yes, but and he, he doesn't one of them know is the first in time. a mask and yeah. heavily, they yeah. never touch each other because yeah, otherwise they can't. that'd be bad things, annihilation. Bad things happen. Annihilation. Annihilation. Starring Natalie Portman. <laughs> exactly. So he, I actually looked into some things. I, okay. I was not, I was Thank also you. confused about this. I'm Thank like, you. what the heck? I knew you were. So what he was doing <laughs> is because the gun changes hands midway through the fight, and now it's weird because the time is moving opposite ways. But for the normal, um, the the forward moving guy, he gets the gun partway through the fight. And he's more menacing. He's going to maybe kill this guy because he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. What he doesn't know is it's his inverted self. Yeah. Inverted self realizes that, oh, the gun is going to change hands. So when he gets the gun midway through the fight, he intentionally empties the bullets and empties the clip so the gun can't be used on him by oh, his forward moving self. Is okay. what I saw as the explanation for that. No, see, that makes sense. And but you don't understand that no, when no, you no, watch it the no, first time. No, I don't understand it. And that's why I think some people are like, this is a masterpiece because, you know, like, yes, there is such a thing as a masterpiece where you don't quite understand it at first, but you know there's something there and mm-hmm. then you spend a lot of time with it and it's rewarding to figure out. And I think there's elements of that in this movie. I would not at all call this movie a masterpiece in my opinion. I'm fine with other people arguing for that, but 
I do think there are nuggets and chunks of interesting things. Mm-hmm. I like this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. I thought mm-hmm. I was going to hate this movie. <laughs> and I was pleasantly... I've been kind of bashing it a lot in this episode, but I really do think that like there's some cool ideas here mm-hmm. on display. Or maybe not on display, but like three levels down. And, <laughs> and I think it's fun that you explain that to me because like in the same way like sudoku is fun for some people like i don't think it's fun but some people think <laughs> it's, it's really a mind fun. exercise yeah exactly this is, yeah and it is a little bit it, it, i would say it, i think a lot of people and i will compare it to inception in a lot of ways because it's i think the closest thing maybe there is to it yeah. and especially because i would director. agree with that but inception is much less like whoa more abstract concept this is like logic and like figuring out like yeah. potential science behind an totally. idea so you have to physics bend, yeah you're, you're bending your brain actually in ways that like you're like this should be able to make sense yeah um and i think that's why it's a little bit more a sudoku like movie than something mm-hmm. like inception would be where you have to accept some um, abstract points of of um, fantasy for that to work to enter a dream like yeah. there's no real science there no you have to buy the premise which is fine for a lot of movies you just have to buy the premise mm-hmm. and then you have to try to figure out how the premise works in the world and I think I totally can buy the premise because I was like this movie's weird if because I didn't understand that it was just objects and people that went back in time mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be something different than that but uh, once you understand that, you're like, okay. Because it's pretty easy. Like, you get the thing to come up into your hand, the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> but but you have to, like, know that you're going to do that. So it's like instincts. And then even one line in the movie is like, don't think about it yeah. too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't try to understand it. Feel it. Yeah, it's like he was, like, exactly. running to the audience. Just yes. like, just give it a break, guys. Yeah. Just don't worry about it. Exactly. Just let it be cool. And I yeah, sh- from Fleur Delacour. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, uh, so yeah. And then I have a lot of notes and, uh, some of them are jokes and some of them are questions. (laughs) And, um, for example, like I was about to talk about how random it is that they're like boat surfing and one scene. That is so random. Like one hand, I'm happy that they're not just sitting at a table. Cool. For an exposition or or thing scene. But then I'm like, why Why are they doing this? (laughs) And he just threatened him and, and told him he was going to put his balls yeah. down his throat. It's pretty messed up. And then they're like buddies on yeah, a boat. it's really weird. They go back and it's forth really a weird. lot. And you can't hear them because the motor of the boat. Oh, I, yeah. See, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Okay. you miss all of that. You miss all of that. <clears throat> okay. Okay, yeah. Drinking on the job, Rob, while bungee jumping? <laughs> Not very cool. <laughs> but very cool when you do it. <laughs> I'll do it if you tell me to, Rob. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Also, I'm not going to call them by their characters' names because some of them good. don't yeah. have names and stuff like that. Um, out of context, at one point, John David Washington says, no balls in my throat? <laughs> <laughs> because because the man, the evil Russian man Who's says, Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, he's way better. Didn't realize He's that. way better of an actor than a director. He directed Thor, oh, the really? first one. Oh, no. Uh, which... I have a soft spot for it, but it is objectively not a good movie. Um, and then he also directed Cinderella, which is pretty good. I'm naming his good ones first. Um, and then he recently directed, uh, I think, like, Murder on the Orient Express, which I heard was, like, kind of... Mediocre. Mediocre. Oh, he also did, like, the three-hour-long Hamlet, and then he was Hamlet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which I've heard is pretty good. 
I kind of just said the movies that were pretty good that he directed, but I can't <laughs> also remember. A lot of I bad can't. Ones. I can't remember the other ones. Um, and then yeah, so they're also water surfing with the boys. If the boys are evil Russian monster and sad wife. <laughs> and then death by f- pretty much like when your dad whips you around in a tube behind a boat. Death by that? Yeah. Like she just shoved him off and he's going to die? going to die. I was like, that's stupid. I'd like you to do this for every movie that we watch. Please. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Um, fake drawing equals prison? Question mark. I don't understand that. Well, that's extortion and yes, blackmail. But wh- tell so, me. So what happened was she accidentally gave him a fake painting that she thought was real at first. Okay. Then he's like, it's fake. Yeah. And and he assumes that she um, did it intentionally to screw him over, and she won't be able to like prove her innocence in a court of law. So she he could like have her arrested for fraud for selling him a painting that she said was real, but it wasn't. It was an accident, though. Yeah, but she can't prove that, I guess. I guess... And he's powerful, so... The only way I can be okay with it is because he is powerful. But I thought it was... A, you could think of a better one than that, right? Movie writer? Christopher? Christopher? Come I, on. I don't know. I just thought it was like... Christopher. Also, I thought it was so funny that <laughs> she's, like, about to eat lunch, and then the guy pulls it away. You know, the, like, tin, like, um... Like dome around food, the yeah. French thing that yeah. you're, you're expecting food, and <laughs> then like, nope, nope, fake painting. <laughs> it was so funny and weird. Yeah, it's cake. I'm gonna cut that up and eat it. <laughs> oh, I wrote down Hamlet Man, better actor than director. Um, uh, John David Washington has a fantastic polo game in this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He like pulls he it good. off three different times. He's Great hot. costumes. Uh, the mob boss is a Fitbit king. <laughs> um, Gilderoy Lockhart, he's always checking his pulse. Always checking he's, the pulse. He's like, oh, 130, you got me up to 130. It's like, what? <laughs> uh, but then you understand it later. But I thought it would be a really funny idiosyncrasy, like a quirk for a character to just be like yeah. always checking his Fitbit. Um, but I don't know. That was weird to me. But it was, I will say, sometimes the soundtrack, I was like, that's kind of cool like i'm fine with the heartbeat so, stuff there's some really good stuff on the soundtrack it's by uh ludwig i totally ludwig thought it was by hans zimmer. Or whatever. so hans zimmer turned this down actually to work on dune because <gasps> he has an good affinity job, for the, the dune book um so ludwig or i don't know do you say ludwig ludwig i don't care anyway he, he reminds me of that little bowser character yeah yeah ludwig. <laughs> yeah um so he was the second choice for this and he's known he's worked on black panther and oh, okay. on the Black Panther was a great soundtrack. Yeah. Mandalorian's a good soundtrack. You can, and you can hear a bit of that uh, more like hip hop beats yeah. that factor into here. I would the say sound, I would say overall that was a plus for me, mm-hmm. the soundtrack. It's not as blary as Hans Zimmer, yeah. but it also still has a little bit of that energy, so it fits yeah. with the Nolan stuff because Nolan usually uses uh-huh. Hans Zimmer. Um, and the closer you get to the point of like inversion. The more like, reversed stuff. Yeah, the more the, the I would say that's the the turning point of the movie is when he after the wife gets shot and they all go back and invert to save her. At once you get closer to that, more and more of the soundtrack starts getting has reversed clips in it. Yeah, that's so, what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. cool, awesome. But 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 I I liked that, uh, but sometimes I was like, I get it. It's a backwards movie, <laughs> like. I'm not trying to fault the movie for that because it's cool that they have a theme or whatever, but sometimes I gotta say, backwards movie 
little lame. It's a little lame. It, and it kind of, I, I would say... Like, it's an effect you try. Like, it reminds me of that TikTok or Vine or whatever where all the guys jumped into the pool and they're all, like, holding an Avengers thing. Mm-hmm. And then they reverse it and they all come out yeah. of the pool holding, like, a, a hammer. And <laughs> That was cooler I, than this movie. No, so I'm just saying. saying, like, it's not that cool sometimes. I, I think, and what you mentioned is, like, you're like, I get it. And I will say... I think this movie could have had more subtlety to it. Yeah. It kind of puts all its eggs in one basket with like really trying to be cool with this time inversion stuff. Yeah. And it keeps on beating you over the head with that basket. And you are kind of like, I get it. I would have maybe preferred it, this not to be so in my face. I think I think the way that I view that positively is like, oh, this is a Nolan passion project. Mm-hmm. And he's just geeked out about this idea. And then the negative way is like, dude, Nolan, you're a little big for your britches. Like, you did a movie, Dunkirk, that uh, had little dialogue, even though I liked Dunkirk a lot more than this movie. Uh, little dialogue, so then you forgot even more how to write dialogue, and like you're so rich that you're out of touch with like what's actually good. So I can go down that rabbit hole, but something that helped me today was, I'm going to shout out Ben Isinga and Dale Isinga, because <laughs> I was talking to Dale Isinga today, and he... Um, he and I and somebody else were talking about um, the Seder Square. So oh, this Christopher is Nolan was inspired by this back in oh, like Wikipedia says it was found recent, more recently, but it was made back in like ancient Egypt or something like that. Um, and it's got all these pella pella what do you call palindromes. it palindromes all these palindromes so then um it's kind of cool to see that on the outside you got to look it up just look up Sater square s-a-t-o-r Sater square so on all the outsides of the square it says Sater, and then on the very center across horizontal it says tenant and then in the center down it says tenant and then it's a cool um what's that word again palindrome palindrome i'm so bad at saying palindrome but uh, like that's where all these things come from, like opera, arepo, seder, uh, rotas, or whatever, uh, like tenet in the movie. Um, so so that's like a big part of what inspired Christopher Nolan was this seder square. I haven't done a lot of research into it, but I, that helps me realize he's just passionate about this. I know a little bit about this because I was watching a YouTube video that <laughs> Thank uh, was you. helping me explain and. It actually presents a theory that I don't know if you've heard of, but the theory that is connected, I won't get into the details of how it connects with the um, Seder Square, but the theory is that Max, the son of the bad guy and the ex-wife, yes, is Neil. And they get that. There's a lot of supporting evidence, but for example, Robert one of Pattinson? them, Robert Pattinson's okay. character, is the boy grown up. And it's part of the theory with that, uh, like a supporting piece of evidence, is that um, the end of Maximilian, which is Max's full name, the end of Million, you take the last four letters, flip them, is Neil, like you would do with time. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a connection with then the Seder Square, like with that inspiration, um, helping start the tenant organization. Anyway, that's a theory that it, I would say links to maybe something like Inception, where it's like, was it a real the whole time? Yeah. Is Neil Max? I think Attention it doesn't to matter detail. too much. Ultimately, I think it's fun to explore. Yeah. I think Good job, Chris, if that was intentional. I'm sure it was. For me, that's kind of fun in the same way that, like, 39 Clues is fun. Do you remember that, like, Rick Riordan yeah. series? Uh-huh. I never liked him that much, but but I feel like that's a 
like this movie's a good 39 clues book or something like that uh so i like it that people can break it down and if that brings them joy that's awesome although i will say i thought i wasn't gonna say this but i would watch this again because visually it's amazing because everybody's rich. I agree. That, yep. <laughs> he, John David watching this was one of my notes was like, an everyman millionaire. Because everybody else around him is billionaires. So like, <laughs> you connect with him most. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think visually it's excellent. Plus you, you, you get to enjoy some, some good performances. John David Washington does a good job playing a soldier type. And Robert Pattinson does a great job playing a relaxed dude. I don't know, British Supporting actor. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, okay, Great Disguises. I really like that. Like when he was a SWAT man, mm-hmm. SWAT team man at the beginning. Simple, but I love it. And then he was a firefighter later uh, when he jumped on the mm-hmm. firefighter mm-hmm. truck. And then the truck squish was dope. I really yeah. like the truck squish. It's Ocean's uh, Eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did not like the fake plutonium car bounce where they threw the orange suitcase out and it bounced on another car i was like and then they caught it that's so dumb the, yeah there's someone there with some i think there was some time there's some time reversal stuff going on yeah that made that possible, i think you're but right I, that's the stuff that scene i have some trouble wrapping my mind around still yeah i thought it was like a cool twist that he was in the car that yeah was because originally like that sucks for that guy yeah. but then you're like oh it's the main character yeah. who's in that car um and i also wrote down oh the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few this is so dumb everybody's like the fate of the world is at risk, but this girl needs to be saved. Really, he really—he's the only guy that was doing that. She was gonna do that for her son too, the wife, right? Because she knew about the end of the world thing after a while. Yeah, that's true. And she she kind of botched the ending and got yeah, lucky. Yeah, totally. She really botched the ending. Totally. So, I'm like, well, these people are insane. They're not acting like real humans at all. Mm. I mean, in one hand, they kind of are, but but when they saved the world at the end. Literally, he's just like, yeah, we did it. Like, be safe. Not everybody can be Spock. It's just the reality. No, I understand. But even then, if they're the opposite of Spock, which is super emotional, then at the if you saved the whole world, you would be way more excited Probably. than they were. But the world always needs saving. Can't take a day off, man. <laughs> I did like the line where Robert Pattinson was like, uh, nobody cares about the bomb that didn't go off. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. He's got cool. a lot of great lines. Because there's, there's a last week tonight episode about how many nuclear bombs have been dropped like in the united states and haven't gone off and we're just lucky it's too many yeah (laughs) and from the united states like stupid people (laughs) i would say one of his best lines robert pattinson's and i'd say the most emotional moment of the movie for me is when they're walking away and you know that he's going to go back in time to take the bullet for him and he says this is for me this is the end of a beautiful friendship and i'm like whoa I'm getting yeah. feels in my heart right now. That was, I think, my favorite moment of the movie. It's the it's, most emotional. And it helps that it's Robert Pattinson and we love him. Totally. I love him endlessly. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> He's my favorite. But that scene made me think, what if like every other scene was like this? You know, like this is not that much emotion, but mm. it feels like a lot because the rest of the movie We've been depraved. didn't have a lot. But I will say that was cool, and it reminded me of at the end of Casablanca. He's like, this is like a beginning of a friendship or a great friendship or something like that. 
So it felt like a callback to that, uh, or like an inverse. You get it? Backwards. Oh, I get it. This movie's backwards. <laughs> Let's watch it backwards. <laughs> no. It's probably a hidden message where Christopher Nolan's like, thanks for watching yeah. this backwards, but there's nothing you, here. You understand me. <laughs> this is my Christopher Nolan impression. <laughs> he doesn't sound like that at all. Uh, one of my notes was, what? <laughs> With three question marks. One of my notes was, Aaron Taylor Johnson? With Who a beard? He's Godzilla guy. He's Quicksilver from Age of Ultron. Okay. He's in the movie. Oh. He's the guy who explains some things. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Like yeah. soldier guy. Yeah. Oh, that's like everybody in this yeah. movie. Uh, also, impregnable just equals mission impossible. And that was before they said mission impo- mission accomplished twice in the movie. When you say something's impregnable, that's just movie speak for we're going to break into it successfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i got to think hard about breaking into it before I do. Yeah, true, but other movies have done that better. Um, I wrote down, good thing gravity works when you're going backwards through time. That was just a throwaway line. She was like, yeah, gravity works. Nothing else does. You have to wear <laughs> a mask and crap. And she was like, your lungs will implode or whatever, and then they don't because he... Gets off the yeah, mask that seems a bit. just like a, a, a. I mean, it was hard for him to breathe. Sure, but that was just a trick for like to differentiate who's inverted and who's not. At that point, you're just like yeah. you just need them to wear masks so we can tell. Which I appreciate, yeah, because otherwise that'd be hard. Um, and then I liked it when Aaron Taylor Johnson was like, "That's cowboy shit," because <laughs> uh, I want that movie just full of cowboy <laughs> shit. I wrote down soundtrack good, um, and then one of the characters said. Can you be a little bit more precise? I think it was John David Washington. And I was like, that's me, the whole movie. Um, <laughs> and then one of the lines was, you're not allowed to touch yourself. No, it wasn't a line, but you're not allowed to touch yourself. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, um, okay, you explain this one, because I was really confused why he was trying to kill himself. Um, and then some of these are not good jokes, because Robert Pattinson is like, the policy is to suppress. And I was like, what are you, Catholic? Um, and, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> and, um, Andre has the algorithm. Sounds like a line from uh, like uh, beginnings of like an origin movie for Pythagoras. <laughs> <laughs> Pythagoras origin. Yeah, exactly. Um, the first triangle. Exactly. Um, also, they have this line where somebody's like, where is he? And they're like, no, when is he? <laughs> and I'm like, why is he? <laughs> From Drac. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they said grandfather paradox, and I thought more like grandfather parasox. <laughs> uh, John David Washington has like impeccable posture, but that makes him look weird. Like he'll be standing straight, and then somebody be like down to his left, and he'll like look down at him like this. <laughs> And it's just like, what are you doing? Um, and he has this weird thing where he does pull-ups in weird places. You see him do it twice, but one's like 80 feet up in a the ladder. <laughs> and the other one's just like randomly on a, a, a boat. And then I don't like the logic that the ultimate greed is that um, Russian guy is going to kill everyone. Like, if, if they can't have it, I... The, like, if I can't have it, they can't have it. And I, I, I just didn't like that. Even if it makes sense to some people... Doesn't make sense to me. Okay, don't worry. I only have one more. Oh, I already said that one. We're good. Well, I think that what we've learned most importantly from this is that we're going to have a spin-off podcast, which is Isaac reading his note cards. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that sounds great. 
Those are our bonus Patreon episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything anything more to say. Um, pretty much, I was dreading to watch this because I thought I was going to hate it. And you were like, we should do it for our podcast. And I was like, oh, great. Awesome. And then I watched it and I was like... This is awesome. Well, I'm glad that you in had a, a net a positive experience. Net positive, only because of Robert Pattinson. I would say a last thing. I, th- I really liked the finale that was happening. Uh, the idea of a temporal pincer move, I think, is really cool when you have red team and blue team both going in from reverse times. <laughs> it's and like complex capture the flag. I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, it, yeah, it took. I'm still like thinking about it more sometimes. I'll be like, oh yeah, that's even cooler. See, like there are moments where I'm like, I, I think even, about it more. I don't even like, get it. It's like it gets cooler over time. I think. I just don't get it because are the people who are going backwards in time, did they just chill out for that 10 minutes yeah. before? It, like, it's a paradox it, well, in my mind. And you almost have to, like, watch it back-to-back, I think, to catch things, because it's, like, what makes it cool is when you see red team flying in, uh, like, you know, the forward-moving team. I wish they literally were wearing red jumpsuits and the blue people were wearing blue well, jumpsuits. Well, they have red and blue on their shoulders. I know, but <laughs> that sometimes good enough for you? not good enough for me at all. Well, I think one of the teams is flying in and there's an explosion that kind of, they're like, brace yourself as they're coming in for a lane and there's an explosion. Then you realize that that's the explosion at the climax of the movie. That's that explosion. Like you, and you got to almost watch it back to back to realize like, oh, that was that. Was that. You, cool. know what, you know what I need? I need like what the movie Edge of Tomorrow did. Where you see the same scene over and over in different perspectives yeah. in different ways. Oh, yeah. And and I know that's different, but it's like in my mind somewhat similar. Helps you get a fuller picture. Exactly. Like time stuff's happening. And for my dumb brain, I'm like, okay. You don't have a dumb brain. <laughs> okay. I got it. Same thing over and over. <laughs> but like this one, I'm like, wait. It moves too fast. Well, the thing I can't get is they're there in the present. But they had to, at one point, not be there to go back So in you time. split yourself, yeah. So, uh, for example, Robert Pattinson's character, at one point, is in, like, five different places. I saw a breakdown of somebody who did yeah, all his splits. Yeah, oh my word. Because he's at the opera, he's at the explosion, yeah, and, like, the multi- and multiple versions backpack. of himself are at the opera. Er, sorry, the, the, <sighs> the climax. He's going to go back to take the bullet, so he's there. Yeah. He also is potentially uh, separate as well from his child. Like, I don't know, dude. Yeah. It's, it, he breaks down a lot. I guess, I guess for me, it would have been better if you could only split yourself once. Because that would have been I agree. It does more seem simple weird to me. So that you can split yourself infinitely. Yeah. And then my friend was like, why can't the bad guys split themselves they infinitely? Do. And then why can't the bad guys just reverse time and go back and change this? Well, so, well, what's happened just happened. Yeah, but not really. But the idea, so when you when you go into the turnstile, you split yourself. The turnstile. The turnstile. <laughs> but when you go... Wait, is that the only place you can do that? Yeah. That was kind they, of cool. They have several turnstiles. Oh. Um, this but, is like a video game. This is a video game movie. <laughs> if you go into it, fo- like, if you're going forward in time, you split yourself. If you go into a turnstile inverted, how it works is you erase two versions of yourself. Is almost how it works because of the inverse. So you're not always infinitely multiplying every time you invert and not invert. You, you're either creating more of yourself or if you're going the opposite way. From the opposite timeline perspective, you're erasing that version. So it kind of bounces out in the end. Okay. But what you're telling me is you could have infinite people running around that are you. 
Yeah, but at some point, they're all going to be going different ways. So if you ever want to switch ways again, it's going to start taking away from that number. Oh. So theoretically, if you want to multiply for the sake of multiplying, sure, you could do it okay. and make a lot but of But you can't touch yourself, otherwise you can't touch annihilation. yourself. Annihilation. Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Catholic. <laughs> you're just on fire today. <laughs> okay, um, so pretty much watch this movie if you want to. I don't know why you listened this long <laughs> until <laughs> if you didn't watch it. Um, yeah, I would say, am I excited for Christopher Nolan's next movie? I I just kind of think he should take one where he didn't write it and he just directs it because he's a great director sometimes and. Uh, I don't think he should write it. I would get on board with that. Yeah. I definitely would. Or he should just be like the guy who gives notes. Dialogue for and, the script. Dialogue and the general arc of this movie. Yeah, I would say one of the weakest points is the dialogue and the way that the scenes move. So right. fix that. Good to go. Out of 10, what do you give it? I, I give it out of 10. I give it a uh, 7.5. I give it like a 5 out of 10 it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was really bad. Um, yeah, okay. 7.5. I give it like a five. It was like the most mediocre thing. Still, still worst movie we've ever made. Masterpiece. What the difference? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'm right in the middle there. Cool. Well, thanks, thanks for, uh, for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. And um, comment on our Instagram post what you thought or DM us. See you later or earlier. Oh. oh.